0: The first reading is from Hebrews chapter 13 starting at verse 1. Keep on loving each other as brothers. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoners, and those who are mistreated as if yourselves were suffering. Marriage should be honoured by all and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever.
1: Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by ceremonial foods which are of no value to those who eat them. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. The high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us. We are sure that we have a clear conscience and desire to live honourably in every way. I particularly urge you to pray so that I may be restored to you soon. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen.
2: Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would open your word to our hearts and open our hearts to your word, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, what an exciting day it is today to be with you, although one week early, I think from the exact 150th celebration uh, when the church was opened in 1869. And uh, and now, of course, the church is too small. <laughs> so here we have our celebration uh, here in the uh, in this uh, uh, Christian Education Centre. Is that what it's called? Is that right? So um, I actually came here. Um, I preached here when I was lecturing at Moore College. Does anyone remember my being here? <laughs> no, I didn't think so. Um, I was going to ask what I preached on, um, but I can't remember. Uh, but nonetheless, it's. Uh, It's great to to be back here again, and and especially on this wonderful uh, celebration. I thought I'd use that that verse that that Sean's already alluded to, that verse 8 from chapter 13, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, That may sound like Jesus Christ is always the same back eternity before that, But actually it doesn't mean that, it actually talks about our yesterdays. In actual fact, Jesus Jesus, as the God-man only appeared at the incarnation, but God himself underwent a change as he took upon manhood in order that he might save us. But here, the way in which the, the writer of the Hebrews is using it, he's saying, the same Jesus you believed in yesterday is the same Jesus today. And it'll be the same Jesus, not only tomorrow, but forever. There's a constancy in the gospel, that when the gospel was first preached here in, in Currajong, and I hear that the Anglicans weren't quite the first church built here. I'm sorry to hear this, but in building it here, when Bishop Barker came in, in 1867, sorry, 1868, when the foundation stone was laid, when Mr. Lamrock and Mr. Jones uh, gifted this land here, and uh, they built that building in less than eight months. I don't know what DAs were like in those days, uh, Deputy Mayor, uh, but let me tell you, it takes a bit longer these days, isn't it, than, than eight months. But not only was it built in eight months, as Sean reminded us, it was paid off that people actually gave their money Uh, I know the the Lord Bishop, uh, Bishop Barker, had actually given an instruction uh, that they were to build this building, and they obviously followed that through. (laughs) Those are the days when people actually obeyed what Archbishop said. Um, But anyhow, and here we had this... uh, So that building was built, and uh, he actually uh, spoke... um, uh, Well, he he actually said, the value of having a church in Courageol is so important. And what he meant by that was having a building... Where the gospel could be proclaimed, where people could come in rain, uh, shine, wind, <laughs> uh, that they could come and hear the word of God and be encouraged to learn more about the Lord Jesus. That was what uh, uh, Bishop Barker said. And at the first, uh, the first sermon preached by the Reverend Thomas Chemus, uh in 150 years ago was on the text Exodus 12:26. Not a text you would actually think of at the time. And the and the the title was What mean ye by this service? Kind of strange, isn't it? And she realised he's actually he probably thought, what, what are you thinking about this service today? He was talking about the Passover in Exodus twelve. He was no doubt going to expound the God who saves His people and the blood of the covenant which was saved in the Passover when the lamb's blood was shed. And of course, he would have no doubt pointed to the to the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday as we look back on yesterday's pastors and preachers in verse 7 it says remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you today is a good day to remember those early pioneers from those first ministers Uh, we've already heard about the Reverend Henry Plume he was only here for about three or four years Uh, But what an amazing impact he had in that time. He had um, Plumes, it was called Plumes College when he had had those children in the rectory and then later on it became uh, Barker College from Currajong Heights uh, down to Hornsby. Would you believe that last year I opened a building at Barker College called Currajong House? How's that? In memory of the association with... uh, with, uh, with courage on, which is wonderful. Look, you know, I'm very pleased to hear... I'm waiting for the new school that um, Mr McGregor is going to open uh, with my name. I, you know, I'd be happy just for Davies Dormitory. But uh, <laughs> but if it's Davies College, that, that'll be fine, so I look forward to that. That's been a public announcement, I noticed. Um, you're all witnesses to this, so I, I look forward to it. Uh, but that sense in which you look back at, the, um, at those... Uh, People of the past, uh, Leonard Daniels, the flying pastor. I think some of you might remember him. And um, if, if he'd followed the children's advice, he'd be coming in a helicopter, wouldn't he? Rather than, <laughs> he, he, of course, was a, with BCA in Wilcannia, and, um, uh, and he was talking to John Flynn when the flying doctor service actually came out of conversations with, um, with Henry Plume. Uh, a remarkable, uh, sorry, with um, Leonard Daniels. Uh, a remarkable man um, who was here for a, for a, a good number of years. Uh, from the shortest one of Henry Plume to, I think, the longest is probably Neil Prott. Uh, is Neil here today or not, by chance? Uh, no, not, not, not here. But anyhow, uh, he was here for 26 years. So uh, it's, that's, a, that's a, a long time, isn't it? And, uh, and he, of course, as Sean said, many men went into the ministry uh under his his time here and his teaching and of course in sandy grant and um and now of course uh, sean remember your teachers who taught you the word of god you may have been here since the time of mr daniels or you may have come from another church and joined uh, you might come from north richmond for example as well as the as Curragong, as we're one parish now and but it's a good opportunity to remember those who first taught you about jesus the person who first taught you the word of God. That's really what he's saying. The two verses come one after the other. Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. In other words, whatever your leaders taught you, this is some a generation or so after the early believers when Hebrews is written, and it may well be that those, as they thought back, in times of persecution, the writer is saying, hold on, because Jesus is the same. The message is the same. The salvation that he brings is the same. And therefore we need to, uh, to remember that. The, ex- the experiences of, um, of coming to Christ mean sacrifice. Uh, the, the writer of the Hebrews talks a lot about the sacrifice of Jesus. Looking back to yesterday, to his blood on the cross. He's writing to a Jewish audience who were perhaps tempted to slip away from believing in Jesus and going back to the temple motif. And so part of that passage read, you might have noticed, talking about we have an altar which those who serve the temple have no right to eat. And the fact Jesus went outside the camp and bore derision and contempt as he was crucified on that hill. And sometimes we as Christians bear that derision and contempt. We're we're living in a society which is no longer the the Christian roots and foundation of our society are are being eroded by various segments of our society. I don't think so much the majority as the as a very vocal minority. And sometimes in parliaments too you might have heard recently the, the desire to remove the Lord's Prayer in the Victorian Parliament. Uh, questions like that. The whole change of our structure now where uh, gender is not an item for birth certificates in Tasmania. We're, we're, we're travelling through a world which is changing all around us. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. The experience of um, the sacrifice of the, those who built St Stephen's Church so long ago, in eight months raising that money, uh, that's a phenomenal uh, uh, way of doing things. Uh, it's interesting that in 1920, when that, the hall was, um, uh, was burnt down, uh, that Sean re- referred to, and then they, they built it up, but it didn't take eight months, it took three years. <laughs> Perhaps the DAs had started to come in. <laughs> uh, uh, and so the money was be- being raised, and then, of course, within a few months after that, it, w- it was blown, uh, blown down. And so really, that's 1923. You had that uh, soldier's settlement hall here, uh, but this is really the structure which you built for yourself in the 1980s, I think. That's sacrifice. Being a Christian involves sacrifice. We rest upon the sacrifice of Christ, but we recognise that it means sacrifice for us as we give to one another, as we share with one another. You notice the first part of that passage It talked about showing hospitality to strangers, going out of your way. And by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those in prison as if you were in prison with them. And keep on loving one another. You know, sometimes that can be a sacrifice, can't it? It's easy to love the lovely. It's not so easy to love the unlovely. Sometimes uh, we we recognise that love is actually a self-giving to others who don't always deserve it because that's the character of God's love. We're not deserving of God's love. We were rebels against God and yet he sent his son Jesus to live the life we could not live and to die the death that we deserve. That encapsulates the gospel of Jesus Christ being the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, Jesus Christ is the same today. And therefore, as we celebrate today, we are continuing what our forefathers did 150 years ago. And we're still celebrating the word of God. We're still proclaiming Christ to not only the congregation, but to the people of Currajong in North Richmond. Bringing God's word so it might sound out that people might hear the message of Jesus, put their faith in him, and so believe. In verse 17, you'll notice, have confidence in your leaders. That's the today leaders. Remember your leaders of past, but have confidence in your leaders. Let their work be a joy and not a burden. And here it's easy for me to say, because it's harder for the pastor and your rector to say, but care for your pastor is Sean, and for the leaders of parish council and uh, Sunday school teaching, th- those who are teaching even as we speak this morning. Those who lead in various activities in the church, care for them, respect their authority, have confidence in them and let their joy be their work And uh, because they'll be accountable and uh, they keep watch over you as those who must give account. That's not just to the archbishop, but that's to God himself. Therefore, the seriousness and the gravity and the importance of leading God's people and of teaching God's word, you should be regularly praying for Sean and for those who bring the word of God to you week by week, that they'll be diligent in their preparation and bring the word of God so it might actually address each and every heart in uh, in the congregation as we meet together. The interesting thing is that the writer of the Hebrews then goes on, and interestingly, Sean obviously had done the same work as I had done, and picks up the language of the sacrifice of praise. The contrast, of course, for Israel was the sacrifice in the temple. It's more more than likely the temple's still standing at this stage. So this is before 70 AD, when the Romans came and destroyed the temple, uh, never to be built again, just as Nebuchadnezzar had done so in the 6th century BC. Now, as the sacrifices are there, the Christian Jews are saying, no, Jesus is the once-for-all sacrifice. There's no need for that continual bloodletting of sacrifices. The blood of bulls and goats, the writer says elsewhere, don't take away sin. Because if that were the case, why would the high priest keep offering year after year on the Day of the Atonement? Why would the priests do their daily sacrifices, their weekly sacrifices, their monthly sacrifices, and the special sacrifices in the three great festivals through the year? No, it's only the blood of Jesus that takes away sin. And he takes away sin retrospectively as well as prospectively. In other words, Jesus covers all our sins. He even covers the sins of the saints of the Old Testament. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Noah, Moses, and Isaiah. Because the sacrifices being offered in those days were a picture of what was needed. But Jesus, his death, undergirds all the salvation that God offered to the saints in the Old Covenant and all our sins beyond. That's extraordinary, isn't it? What a a message we have to share with people. The anxieties that young people have today and depression. I was talking to a chaplain in one of our schools. He said that 30% of the student body are on antidepressants. Now that's extraordinary, isn't it? Uh, I wonder if in actual fact our medical profession is not letting us down in this regard but to see the way in which anxiety and depression can be met in other ways, but for a robust understanding of self-identity, for understanding who we are as image-bearers of God and how God has saved us. There is a place, of course, for medication. I understand that. But it seems to be overridden by, by the world in which we live as this anxiety and depression becomes a part of our world rather than a small subset of our lives and understanding what it means to put your trust in Jesus. But the sacrifices that God requires are the sacrifice of praise with our lips. See what verse 15 says, Therefore, through Jesus, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And what's he going to say? And don't forget to do good, and share with others, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. It's as if he's putting the language of worship onto all of life, whereby when we do good to others, that is pleasing in God's sight. Isn't that a wonderful thing to be an instrument of God in our world, that it's not just the praises we sing with our lips, but the works we do with our hands. The reason for this we find elsewhere in in John's Gospel and in Paul's letter to the Corinthians is because the Spirit of God has taken up temple residence in us as believers. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would come when the tabernacle was dedicated by Moses and the glory cloud of the Spirit would come into the temple and it would actually prevent people from going in. And Moses, when he came out, his face shone with the glory of the Lord's presence. When Solomon dedicated the temple, the physical temple in Jerusalem, the same glory cloud appeared. And yet when the second temple was built under Zerubbabel, after the exile, we see in the book of Haggai, no glory cloud. How interesting. Because the true glory was to come in the Lord Jesus. When he enters the temple and John chapter 2 records this beautifully where the glory of God enters the temple to cleanse the temple. And he says to the people there, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. And uh, the Jews say, it took 46 years to build this temple. How can you raise it up in, in, uh, in, in three days? How would you raise the money, let alone the DA? Uh, And, of course, Jesus, and John says, Jesus was talking about his body. His body would be raised up in that resurrection. But, of course, then the church is described as the body of Christ. We are his body. When when Jesus talks to the woman of Samaria, she says, are you supposed to worship in this mountain, Samaria, or in Jerusalem? I'm not quite sure which one. Some people say there, some people say here. And Jesus says, look, the time is coming when neither in this mountain nor that mountain will you worship, but those who worship God will worship him in spirit and in truth. And Jesus there is predicting the coming of his, he and his Father to make his abode with us. In John 14, he says, my Father and I will come and take, make our abode in you. And that is a way of saying the Spirit of God Brings the glory of God to us and takes up temple residence in our bodies. It means, therefore, that everything we do should be worship. Not just what we do when we come to church Sunday by Sunday, but our whole life is to be a sacrifice of praise. Worship with our lips and worship in sharing with others and doing the good for with such sacrifices God is pleased. We're very grateful for the saints of old who built St. Stephen's. And the 8 o'clock congregation still meets there and with all the memories of that. But remember, that is but a church building. You are the church. You are the people of God. You are the temple of God. Such is the language that the New Testament uses to describe those. You are like living stones, that verse from, from 1 Peter that Sean mentioned, being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. How? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we gather today, 150 years after that first sermon sermon, Uh, that Mr. Timmis had given. And we gather again to hear God's word and we gather to remember that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, the one in whom you believed, and the same today as we continue to love one another. But he's the same forever. You'll notice in verse 14, he says, For we do not have an enduring city but we're looking for a city that is to come. We don't have an enduring church building, but we have a new Jerusalem to which we are bound. The wonderful thing about Jesus Christ is he's come to save us forever. Not just for this life, but for the life to come. The guarantee that God has given to everyone who puts their faith in Jesus is that your sins are forgiven and you can stand before the throne of God complete, righteous and holy and acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. What a wonderful message we have. What a wonderful message the saints of Currajong and North Richmond over the years have given to the community and you continue to do that. As the community gathers here uh, this morning, it's wonderful to have the Barker uh, choir and, and jazz band coming to remind us of their link with us and, and uh, for them to understand and appreciate that. But as we celebrate with the community in this wonderful day, we remember that the purpose of our being here is to declare the sameness of Jesus Christ, the confidence we can have in Him, and the assurance of sins forgiven and the hope of heaven. That is what it means to keep preaching the word of God by our former leaders, our current leaders, and pray for future leaders, that they'll continue to do that through the years. And how? what better way to finish than this wonderful benediction at the end of the chapter that the writer of the Hebrews gives. And notice again how he speaks of the God of peace. He has brought that true peace not only between us and God, but between us and each other. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant, brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing in him through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and forever. Amen.